If you have your Bibles, would you take them and turn with me to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 is the passage that we're in this morning. And uh, let me greet you. Good morning. Good to see you all. Um, Over the next few weeks, as I said just before the video started, we're going to be taking a look at the roots of our denomination, who we are as as a denomination, therefore who we are as a church. Doing so, we're going to spend uh, the next couple weeks looking at those distinctives about our denomination that uh, set us apart, that we focus on and drive us in all things. You know, one of the great things about First Alliance Church is that truly we are a melting pot church. People come from all kinds of backgrounds and church histories and traditions and experiences. Everything from from uh, Catholics to Baptists, from Lutherans to Presbyterians, from the Assembly of God to Mennonite to Salvation Army. The Alliance and First Alliance Church is like New York City. It's one great big melting pot where, er- where everywhere you turn, someone has a unique background and history and story. And I think that's fantastic. In fact, if you think about it, we are like one big blended family. And if you think about a blended family, you know that blended families have their challenges as they try to get together and learn who each other are and and figure out what this family unit is going to look like under one roof, under one name as they move forward, much like our church. We are one big blended family with a varied uh, with varied experiences and histories and we come together under one roof under one name and sometimes we have to figure out how we're going to work together to figure this thing out even though there's challenges there's tremendous blessings it is fantastic to sit with with people from different histories and different stories and different backgrounds and see the makeup of this church and what God is doing with this church all along the way and we see this especially in our intro to first alliance church class that leads us that leads people to membership all along the way we hear a common theme about our church one of the things that that causes people to return one of the things that helps people stick is that they are they are captivated by our solid biblical presentation in our teaching ministry they love the fact i don't know their history i don't know their background but when they come to first alliance they love the fact that we are solid in our biblical teaching and our and our exposition and what they say too is that the emphasis on christ the emphasis on jesus is what we're all about and the thing that unites us regardless of our past regardless of our history regardless of our background, the thing that unites us in this church and in our denomination is the fact that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus Christ. In this, we reflect the the values of our parent denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. The emphasis of, of this denomination has been and continues to be Jesus Christ. And so over the next few weeks, we want to get back to our roots, if you will, and look at what it is that has that started this movement 
that is called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Many of you are probably vaguely or completely unfamiliar with the denomination as a whole. And so we want to look at those distinctives that started this movement of what we now call the Alliance. The Alliance, as you saw on the video that was played, began with the passion of one man. An ordinary man who wanted to reach out to people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. All people. Didn't matter who they were. Didn't matter where they came from. No one was unworthy. No one was too far gone. And no one, no one should be excluded. The hope of Jesus Christ is a message for all people in all places. And with that, the church. The church is to be a place where those people, all people from all places, from all backgrounds, with all kinds of history, the church is to be a place where those people can come together and be encouraged. Where those people can come together and and be united with like-minded people. The church is to be a place where people can come together regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their dirty history, regardless of their ugly secrets and their scars. The church is to be a place of unity because of the power of Jesus Christ as our hope. Amen? Now imagine a pastor of a church, a large church, taking this gospel message and reaching out to people and finding people responsive to that message and inviting those people to come into the church to find what we just talked about. Find hope, find help, find healing. And the people of the church, the leaders and the elders pulling that pastor aside and saying, we like what you're doing. We like the whole Jesus thing. We like the fact that you go and reach out to these people. And we don't want to stop you from doing that. But those people, they don't belong here. Those people shouldn't be sitting among us. That was the story of 13th Street Presbyterian Church in A.B. Simpson's time. He was that pastor. Saw it on the video. Imagine the courage to stand before his congregation and to stand before the leadership and say, if you don't welcome them, you don't welcome me. If you're not going to allow them into this church, I won't allow myself to remain. And he left. He left because of his burden. He left because of the call. The call and the focus on Christ to reach the people, to reach the nations, was greater than any setting or salary. And he left. Because the church is to be a place where people can come and find hope in Christ. All people, regardless of their background. This is the story of the Alliance. This is our denominational heritage. This is our background. And this is the story of this church. The Alliance has always been about the power and the hope of Jesus Christ. And as Simpson's church grew, 
And the movement expanded to other house groups and cottage meetings of like-minded people from mainline established and, and inward-focused churches. What resonated with the people was what these Christian associations stood for. They stood for Jesus Christ, Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. You see, Simpson, while he went out and started a church, the gathering of like-minded people didn't happen as a denomination to begin with. When people saw what Simpson was doing, when people saw what was going on in the gospel gospel tabernacle, groups of like-minded people began meeting in their homes for Bible studies because they too, they too wanted to be about this one thing, Jesus Christ. They too wanted to get outside of their comfort zone. They too wanted to, to start answering the hard questions with the right answer, Jesus Christ. And so they met with, with small groups and they met in homes and that's what started the movement. They came from, they came from their mainline churches and they met in these Bible studies. This association of Christians focused on one thing, Jesus. Simpson was passionate about missions as well, and so he, he started a missionary training institute, trained up people who wanted to go overseas, and he sent those people out, and he sent those people overseas to preach one message, to preach one gospel, to preach one truth, and that is this, Jesus Christ. And what formed and what came together as a denomination was an alliance of like-minded Christians and like-minded missionaries coming together, sharing one message, one hope, Jesus Christ. It's always been the theme of the alliance. It's always been about Jesus. All for Jesus. It was never about a man. It was never about the founder. It was never about the president, A.B. Simpson. In fact, as I read the history of the Alliance and the way it started, I think, I think Simpson would be appalled at times at how often he is lifted up, at how often he is mentioned with the history of the Alliance. Because it wasn't about him. He understood this. It was always, always, and always should be about Jesus Christ. That's what the church is to be about. That was the message of the Scriptures. That's what Carla sang for us this morning and throughout that whole uh, song, weaving together the whole of Scripture. It's all about Christ. It always has been. And it always needs to be. And it will always be in our denomination. And I pray it will always be in this church. You know, what's interesting is is when people come to our church and they go through the intro to FAC class to try to figure out who this church is and who the alliance is and if I want to be a member and all that, um, often we will get questions. So, So what's your stance on? And different people have different laundry lists, right? So what's your stance on this? And what's your stance on that? And what's your stance on this issue over here? I remember being asked one time, what's your stance on dancing? I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not a great ballroom. You know, I'm not going to be on Dancing with the Stars, but, you know, I can get down. Just saying. 
one of the things you will often find us saying is we don't have a stand on that. And for some people, and maybe for some of you, that's been like eternally frustrating. No, you've got to have a stand on this. And I'm saying, no, we don't have a stand on that. You have to have, no, we don't have a stand. The, the alliance denomination does not have a stand on certain things. Why? We have a stand on Jesus Christ. What we stand on. In your worship folder this morning in the center panel, um, we'll be sharing some different notes about our denomination over the next few weeks. In that center panel is a quote from the gentleman that was on the, the video. The gentleman that was on the video is the current vice president of church ministries for the denomination as a whole. And he came from a different heritage, from a different background, from a different tradition. And here's what he said. He says this, When I first became acquainted with the Christian and Missionary Alliance, I was perplexed by what I thought to be a lack of doctrinal precision. I wanted to know, I wanted to know if this church was Reformed or Wesleyan in its theology and was shocked to discover that it was neither. I tested the waters with a few other theological litmus tests and found that though its commitment to the authority of Scripture, the deity of Christ, and a few other basic issues was unshakable, the Alliance took no definite position on many secondary issues. The people I met did not want to debate theology. They just wanted to talk about Jesus. Savior, sanctifier, healer, coming king. All about Him. It's all about Him interacting in your life. It's all about Jesus. Where we place Him in our lives. Where we put Him in authority. It's all about Him. There are times that I wonder, what in the world is the church about? We've gone so far. We've missed the mark so far. Because it's all about Him. One of the hallmark calls of the Christian and Missionary Alliance is bring back the King. Why do we send the Gospel message into the streets, into our communities, around our neighborhoods? Why do we commission missionaries to go overseas? To bring back the King. It's all about Jesus. And there are times when we can get so off course and off centered and we make church and religion and the practice of faith about all of these other things and we miss it. About Jesus. And some of you have felt that way too. You've, you've come to First Alliance and are you, are you Arminian? Are you Calvinist? Are you Reformed? Are you this? Are you that? What's your stance here? And, it, and we, we eternally frustrate you don't we? Because the leadership keeps telling you it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. We have a belief statement. We have articles of incorporation. We have a vision. We have a mission. We have core values. But people keep wanting to look at different things and we keep eternally frustrating them because it's all about Jesus. It's about Him. Let's answer Him first. Let's see what He would say. What would He do? How would He live? How would he act. 
Today we stop and we look at Jesus, our Savior. One of the other hallmark verses from Simpson's history in the early Alliance gatherings was from our passage this morning. It's found in Colossians chapter 1, actually in verse 27. And it talks about Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Perhaps no other name, no other figure or person has created so much controversy, so many challenges, so many problems, so many divisions, so much persecution, and so much intolerance as Jesus. That one name seems to turn America on its side, doesn't it? That one name seems to raise the anger of a nation, seems to raise the anger of a culture. That one name, that one name sets people off. In 2009, a UCLA graduate wanted to thank her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in her uh, graduation speech, which was going to be read by a faculty member. The faculty member pushed back and said, and the university stood behind the faculty member and said, we will not read this. You must edit, edit out the name Jesus. And the student pushed back and said, I'm not going to edit that out. This is what I want read. And the advisor, I want to get this right, the advisor from the Department of Molecular Cell and Developmental Biology, citing separation of church and state issues, proposed a version without the reference Jesus and said to the student, if you don't like that, perhaps we won't read your speech at all. The student pushed back again, and eventually UCLA allowed the wording, citing support of the First Amendment, but made sure that with all speeches that were read that day, it was the view of the student and not the view of the teacher or the university. One name. One time I was asked to speak at a baccalaureate service. And uh, I was excited to do this and I was really getting geared up for it. And I spoke to the advisor on the phone. And just before we were done, just before we were done speaking, I don't know why this thought ran through my head. I wish I would have just kept my mouth shut, but I didn't. And, and I said, so just before we hang up, is there, are there any restrictions I need to know about? Yeah, she said, by the way, don't mention Jesus. Baccalaureate, you're talking to a clergyman who's going to come to a church religious service to speak at your school to students who are graduating the next day. But don't mention Jesus. I felt like saying that's kind of like asking your football coach to go field a team, but don't tackle anybody on Friday night. It may hurt their feelings. They might not feel good. It might not be nice if you tackle them. I didn't say that. felt like saying it. I went ahead and, and um, took the assignment anyway because um, I was pretty, pretty convinced that I could speak a powerful message through the Old Testament. I didn't have to mention Jesus at all because his truth shines through. Went and had a great time, great event. What was interesting was the students who came up and read mentioned like Jesus five times. I'm like... Student-led, student-initiated. There's, there's, 
right? Do you see this in our country? One name, Jesus, and it just sends people flying. This week I was having uh, lunch with one of my ministry team leaders. And we were in the restaurant and the waitress came up and we were, we frequent this restaurant so it's like they know us all the time. And we, uh, uh, we were just talking and I don't know how we got there exactly but my friend said he was reading a book in the car and the waitress said, oh, what book are you reading? Maybe I'd like to read it. And I just sat there and I went, oh no. Um, and I said to her, I looked at her, I said, you asked, because here it comes. And he said, it, and I don't, I don't remember the exact title, but it was the book was about Jesus. And you could just see in her countenance, she just went, oh. yeah, that's okay. I don't need to read that book. I've really, I've got my own opinion. And just this week we saw in the news, didn't we, that in the state of Utah, that uh, crosses along the highway were deemed unconstitutional. I think families wanted to put crosses up in memory of, I think it was state troopers that were killed in, in the line. We want religion, and we like God, and we like this pursuit of a higher power, and we like this this notion of pushing forward and finding faith. We want people to be spiritual and seek spiritual things. But as soon as the name Jesus is mentioned, the ire of a culture is raised. Anger is stirred. Emotions escalate. And lawsuits are filed. Truly, as that old uh, gospel song says, Jesus, there's just something about that name. There's something about that name that causes a whole culture and a nation to rise up. The distinction marked by the Scriptures and upheld in the Alliance core values is that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone offers salvation. We as a denomination will never shrink back from that. And we as a church will always proclaim that. That salvation is found under nobody else. As Acts chapter 4 says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. This is our message. This is who we are. This is the alliance, and this is first alliance in this town. Jesus Christ, Savior. He's a line in the sand. He's a line of demarcation. He's a stop in the whole process of faith. It all stops here. The name of Christ. He, he alone, is the hope of glory. Paul reminds the Colossians about this in chapter 1. To a community of young Christians, he first reminds them of who Christ is, And then he reminds them of what Christ did. See, it's always about being before doing. As Paul describes Christ, he reminds them that Christ is the very embodiment of God. He says in chapter 1, chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created. Verse 17, He is before all things, and in Him all things 
hold together. Similar to John's Gospel, Jesus is described as personified wisdom who assisted God in the creation of the world, Joel Green and others write. And it's what we read in the book of Colossians. It's what Paul was telling this young church. Jesus Christ is just not some man or teacher or mystical figure. He is God. And that's why everything stops with Him. That's why there's a line in the sand. That's why there's a line of demarcation. It's all about Him. Green continues to say, there is no order of reality, visible or invisible, natural or supernatural, that was not created through the agency of Christ. There is no order. So literally without Christ, past and present, without Christ, the world simply falls apart. Literally, from Paul's words to the, Col- to the Colossians, If Jesus was taken out of the scenario, we would not need scientists and researchers to figure out how to split an atom. Take Jesus out of the scenario of the world and the world falls apart. He created it. He holds it. He sustains it. Without Him, it is utter chaos. But that's the life some of us have chosen, isn't it? Some of ours reflect that lifestyle. Our life is in utter chaos. Our life is falling apart. Our life is spinning out of control. Our life is disintegrating around us. And for many of us, we can't figure out how or why or what the, what the, the, the situation is in our homes or in our relationships. All I know is I wake up every day and my life is falling apart bit by bit piece by piece, and I can't figure it out until one day it hits us, it dawns on us, Jesus is absent. Because when Jesus is absent, it all falls apart. It's broken. It's dysfunctional. It's utter chaos. The wisdom of God personified. God Himself in nature and essence absent from our lives equals chaos. Paul says this to the Colossians. He says this in verse 19. He says, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. Christ is completely God. All His fullness dwell in Him. And through Him, to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. He says in verse 21, Once you were, once you were alienated from God, once you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Once you were, once you were alienated and separated and and divorced from God, 
Once we, we were broken apart from our relationship. At one time, in my mind, I looked at God and felt as though He was my enemy. God is not for me. He's against me. God does not love me. He hates me. God is raining all this disaster on my life. I am an enemy of God. There was a time in our hearts and in our minds when we looked at God and considered Him our enemy. Because I loved my sin. Because I was trapped in my addiction. Because I was given over to my indulgences. I saw God as the enemy. Once, once I was. Now watch this. Look what Paul does in verse 22. But now he has. Now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. We can stand before God not as an enemy, not against Him, but with Him, holy in His sight, pure in His looking at us, without guilt. Think of what we've come from. Think of what we once were. And God says, but now He has. He has made it possible for you to stand before Him without accusation. Completely guilt-free. Once we were, but now He has. All because of Christ. I don't know what your story was. I don't know what your story is. But I know that because Jesus Christ is our Savior, our story can be, once I was, But now He has. Once I was addicted, but now He has set me free. Once I was broken, but now He has healed me. Once I was angry, but now He has brought me peace. Once I was lustful, but now He has brought me a pure mind. Once I was a gossip and a slanderer, but now He has allowed me to speak words of kindness. Once I hated, but now He has given me a love for others. Once I felt guilt, but now He has freed my mind. Once once I was an enemy. Now, He's my Father. Once I was alienated. But now, He's reconciled. Christ not only created the world, because of what He did on that cross, He's recreated our lives. He's transformed us from what we were 
to all He wants us to be. Joel Green writes that, if all things cohere in Christ, then all things are reconciled in Christ. Paul writes with confidence, and we as the Alliance Church hold high this, this, this truth, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Because at one time, His death on a cross and resurrection from the grave brought us this reconciliation. Once you were, but now, now He has restored you because of Christ. It's a fact of history. It's something that we can point back to. It's a completed sacrifice and a resurrection whereby Christ and Christ alone brought back into harmony and completely restored our relationship with Christ. Jesus. Jesus is our hope. Wherever you were, wherever you are, whatever you're facing and whatever you're dealing with, Jesus is our hope. He's the answer. He's the line in the sand, the line of demarcation. Jesus only. Jesus ever. Jesus all in all. Our hope. I don't know if we understand real well in our in the Western world this the biblical idea of salvation. We read through the the scriptures, salvation's holistic. It's not just for eternity someday. It's not just that. But when we understand Christ's work of salvation for us and apply that to our faith, we are also reconciled back to God today. Today we walk with Him. Today we have a relationship with Him. Today He impacts your life. Today He changes your world. Today He brings wholeness and wellness to your body, mind, and spirit. Today, salvation is for today. For every area of your life, for every facet of your existence, Jesus saves. Today, and for some time in eternity. So often we get caught looking at eternity. And we miss and forget the fact that He is our salvation and our hope today. I don't know what you're dealing with. And I don't know what you're walking through. But I know that today, Jesus can come in and restore your life. Now and for someday in eternity. As long as the Alliance has existed, and as long as God allows First Alliance Church to press forward into the future, this will be our message. Christ in us, the hope of glory.
like Simpson pressing into the lives of the least. First Alliance Church will share the message of hope in the lives of those in our community. Jesus Christ, hope of glory. Imagine with me for a moment what it would be like if we really applied that truth to our lives today. What would my struggles look like? What would my challenges look like? What would my frustrations look like if I knew and really held on to Jesus Christ? Hope. Not only for eternity someday, today. As the band comes to prepare us for the next final song. I just want you to think about what you're walking through. And maybe today for some of you, you've never in your life trusted Christ to be your Savior holistically. And you're walking through some pretty deep weeds today. And you need some help. And you need hope. You can run and look in all the different places you want. But the message of the Gospels and the message of the Scriptures are true. Jesus Christ is our hope. He saves us. Holistically. I don't know what mountain you're facing. But I know this, that the one who made the mountains can move the mountain. There's hope. As we close with this song, I want to invite you to apply that to your life. Maybe for you it's the first time and you need to do that. Maybe for some of us, our lives have been spinning out of control for so long. This has been a good reminder to put our hope in Him. Maybe we need to recommit ourselves. The altar's always open if you want to come and pray. But do business with God. His Son, Christ, in you. The hope of glory. Will you stand?